0: hi everyone and welcome to the show this is one mike Night talk today i've got shane mark tall here the licensed clinical psychotherapist and we got a hot topic we're talking about we're talking about the conflict in the middle east so if you have an opinion make sure you stick around make sure you comment down below because we'd like to hear from you get ready sit back let us know what you think this is one mike Night talk Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of One Mic Night, the podcast that brings you stories of artists and people on their journey, helping to guide, answer questions and motivate you in life and the business. I'm Marcos Luis and today we're doing a One Mike Night talk. You already know who my guest is. We haven't seen him in a while. It's licensed clinical psychotherapist and author of the book, The Mental Health Pandemic. It's Shane Toll. Welcome back. How you doing, sir? Good to be back. It's been a while. How it are you? Definitely has. Well, before we even get started with that, I want to talk about something with you. You just recently got a nice honor, and I want you to tell everybody about it because uh, something really special.
1: Oh yeah, it was the International Humanitarian Award from an international organization, um, United Build United Build Bridge Builders. <laughs> and they have, oh, yes, it's, rolled up, it's, it's a, a tongue twister. <laughs>
0: yes,
1: it and it's an organization that provides uh, mental health services and advocacy services for women dealing with domestic violence. Not just women, but families. And there is a uh, location in New York as well as in Guyana. So I work in tandem with them providing mental health services while I'm there, not just to women but also to men that are being affected by domestic violence and it was really great and honor, it was quite factual. Um my um, and I was also I also got a citation from the city council for outstanding
0: work and community service. So
1: it was it was really nice. Yes.
0: I would I- have to say overall that's a good day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a very good day. It good day. Wow, yeah, I, I, it's it's great when your work is being recognized. So I'm I'm glad you know that people are aware of it, and it just gives us the
0: impetus we need to continue doing the work that we do because saving humanity is imperative. Absolutely, and it's not just a huge organization that does it. We all do it together. One person can do it. And thank you for all the work that you do. And thank you for giving your unrelentless time to coming on one magnite podcast and helping the community here and spreading the word and just you know being a beacon for our community, our culture, for people in need. And it's a big deal. It's a huge deal.
1: And I'm so grateful. I'm grateful. And I really think this leads us right into today's topic where we're we're talking about. This crisis that's going on in the Middle East, and you know, I am—I'm so much stunned by the some of the reports of um, college students being Jewish college students being attacked and, on college campuses. And I understand the right for free speech, but free speech should not impede on student safety, and the college has a right to keep your students safe. With that said, I think it's important that we move to a place where where do we get to this pivot or this point where we can talk about peace. Absolutely. And, and reconciliation. And I think that, um, I think it was Queen Nora, the Queen of Jordan, she said that the mothers in Palestine feels no less pain than the mothers in Israel. And I thought that was really deep because... It, war is horrible. It's not a good thing. It's it really it's 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 a negative stain on, on our humanity, but and we're not debating the atrocities that has already happened on both ends because I think that's like taking sides. I want to stay very middle where where do we bring how do we bring these people together? And have a conversation of peace, and let us concentrate on what it has done to to children, to innocent people, to old people, and um, and we cannot. Let's be very clear: we cannot uphold the behavior of
0: Hamas. That absolutely not.
1: You have to be very clear about that.
0: Absolutely. And that therein lies the problem is because this, you know, war is not just what happened recently. This has been an ongoing war since way back since the 40s, um, where, you know, there's a dispute over the territory and uh, the UK stepped in to sort of help Uh help out, pulled out the troops. And then you still have a volatile situation. So. um, Fast forward to what's happening here in the United States where we have an increase uh, especially here in New York in hate crimes Mm -hmm. which has increased to uh, almost 200 percent you know in the month of October Um, overall crime here in New York City has gone down about nine percent but in terms of the the hate crimes uh, Mm -hmm. against Jewish people it's gone up about 200 percent so where does that leave us so not only does it is it you know the Jewish population here in New York but Vice versa, it's also the Palestinians who are being targeted yes. as well. Yes. Yes. So where does and, it- And
1: I think we, need, we also need to pay attention to that as well. Absolutely.
0: You you,
1: want, you can be, I don't want to say anti-Israel, but you can place some responsibility or whatever you want to call it on Israel and not be anti-Semitic. Right. You can that's it's a political move and what they're doing, but I really think that it's important to us to for us to have the voice of the Palestinian people, and because they're being persecuted as well. Yesterday, on, on the news, there was uh, a white woman literally attacking a Palestinian man because he was sitting in the park with his child, and she literally went over there and attacked him. While he had his child, and I, and that really that frightened me in a way, but it also shows us the level of anger that's uh, that is out there that that we must speak to, and really try to have conversations about how do we have reconciliation? Absolutely, you, you cannot continue you, that.
0: You cannot, and we know that you know wars typically start uh, based on a couple of things: one being religion. Two being Uh money and three being power and land and land. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So uh, where does that put us? You know, like you said, we go back to what's the, what's the humanity of it all. What, what, you know, we understand from what we understand, I'm going to use this in quotations, you know, Israel is attacking this area, Gaza to, penetrate the underground tunnels of hamas which is where the you know the the uh, military centers are however do you do that in a hospital where you have civilians where you have children where you have women where you have people trying to get help you know
1: and and refugee camps
0: hospitals right. refugee camp,
1: where this, these are places that are supposed to be safe havens for the innocent and you know i think that the proportionality of the response is evidence in the results of how many women and children, 4,000 Palestinian kids, have died.
0: 4,000. Four, that we reported, know of.
1: Right? Yes, reported, That we
0: know of, exactly.
1: Reported. And kids have, you know, they have no power, they don't vote, they can't do much, so... It's incumbent upon us to really move this conversation along to the path, reconciliation, ceasefire, let's have a conversation. Because it's what has happened is bad. And let's be very clear. It's horrific what Hamas did in Israel.
0: Absolutely. And
1: those young people at that music camp was horrifying. I was truly... Shattered when I see some some of the stuff that came out, but we both sides we we are as humans we should be able to sympathize with with humanity on both sides, but also not just be stuck in our own silos of okay, well I'm pro this or I'm pro that. Where do we get this? Well, I'm pro humanity. That's and when I see people, and when I see kids dying, that speaks to my human. That hurts my humanity. Absolutely, and I want to give, give voice to that. So that is what I want to give voice to. How do we get to that space?
0: I want to. I want to uh, say a couple of things here. I heard a report today, and uh, I'm going to kind of read this so you can see. But. Uh... There were some of the Americans who were being detained in uh, Gaza, trying to get back to the United States. There was one woman; her name is Emily Callahan, and she was with Doctors Without Borders, and she was telling about the conditions that are over there right now. So this goes back to what we're saying about humanity: you have you know fifty thousand people in in camps with four toilets. You know, she said she saw kids and people with massive burns on their faces and bodies. There's no water can't keep it clean they can't you know help themselves what kind of conditions are these people living in you know that goes back to the humanitarian efforts you know that we that we need
1: we need to open those borders and pause so humanitarian need can get in there and help because these are the victims of this major catastrophe and we just cannot stand aside and do nothing. We have to say we need a pause. We need a ceasefire. We need conversations. We need to meet. We need to talk. We need to find ways of how do we move forward. I was looking at um, CNN last night, and there were interviewing a a Palestinian man about he lost fourteen members of his family. Fourteen. Wow. How?
0: horrific
1: yes the humanity in that right after that they interviewed a Jewish rabbi that had family in Israel that was affected and the, the rabbi said I want first of all I want to say my condolences goes out to this man and his family because I have children and the fact that he lost his family that impacts me as well and and I said This is the level of humanity we need to see. Right. That I know we may be, we have different ideologies, but pain is pain. And I can relate to your loss. And I think if we can hold on to that and capture that, that is powerful. how How do we get there?
0: I think that's, you know, those are the things that are fueling some of the hate crimes that are here. You know, it's what's happening there. And then we come here to protest and people get so heated and they don't see that the answer may be peace. What's the reconciliation? So then everyone lives in fear of each other, which we know fear is something that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, the retaliation, you know, the, the hurt, the uh, physical harm that people then place on each other. It just fuels the fight,
1: yeah, you know I had I had an in- interesting conversation with with a few young African-American men that are in college, and we were we were talking about the same issue, and one of them you because some of the Jewish students were saying, you know, they don't feel safe walking around campus. it's it's very scary for them. they how do they, f- they don't want to identify as Jew or go to any of the Jewish spaces. I want a young African-American men say, yes, that this is how we feel every day. And that really. That's important.
0: the food for thought there. You yes. know, that's definitely the food of thought. Um, I want to talk really quickly about, you know, what I think the, uh, the conflict is over. And I think that there are about four or five things that, you know, really caused this thing. And number one, it's, it's the dispute over the territory, you know, because historically, you know, like I said, back in 1948, it kind of went back and forth. There were several wars, one in 1967, 85, 94, over who actually owned the West Bank and Gaza. You know, so like we said, it's it's over land. The second one is about uh, security and the terrorism that goes along with it. So each side is sort of, figuring out, you know, if are we going to be bombed? You know, who's going to be bombed next? This is our territory. This is our land. And it always creates an, an, another force of, you know, disruption. The third is probably, you know, what is actually the state of Palestine? We know that the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation uh, Organization and Hamas and everybody's trying to figure out how the government is going to run there. You know, who's in control? Um, The fourth thing we have to consider is what exactly the refugees are going to do. There's been a long history of the Palestinian refugees, you know, living in depressed societies. Mm -hmm. Where do they go? Where are they going to go? How are they living? How are these people living? And once you get to a point where you're living, you know, under someone's thumb, at some point you're going to fight back, you're going to have an uprising, a revolution is going to occur. So if you're feeling like you're being depressed by a situation, there's going to be some sort of recourse. And the last thing I think is probably like the role that the international countries play in it. Who else is joining into this whole fight? Who else is fueling this fight? Mm -hmm. And what do we do about it? You know, you have, you know, the Western uh, world and the Eastern world doing things. Uh, The United States is standing behind Israel. You know, because they're in the center, they have a power, they have a port where the United States can go with their military, maybe, to combat against these, the Arab nations, because typically the Arab nations haven't supported the United States. You know, so you have a whole bunch of factors going on there. So then where do the people here in the United States feel like they fit in? And I think that's where the, the protests start to come from. And you get those sort of hate crimes happening. I mean it's very clear that the United States is standing who the United States is standing with okay. right now.
1: Yeah. And it's 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 eye-opening to see that young people are very much against the war and against um I don't want to say they're pro-Palestinian, but I think when they're saying it's like, listen, you need to look at both sides and we need to come, but I think they're saying the same thing where we're trying to have a conversation about How can we resolve this? Absolutely. Where do we meet in the middle to have a conversation? But also, how do we de-escalate these situations? Because my fear tells me, as we get closer to the 24 election, these things are going to escalate. And they're going to start escalating in other communities. And that is cause for concern, because this is just a microcosm of what's going to be happening a year from now.
0: I would have to agree so, with you. I would have to agree with you. And so what do we do, I guess, is the question. Where do we go?
1: I guess we, we got to form coalitions. We have to form coalitions with people that don't look like us, that don't understand us. But just for the sake of humanity, that we have to put up a united front, saying as human beings, these are these are things that should not be happening so who do we reach out to and how do we have these conversations I think the college campus is a great place to start but right now that place is so that space is so infused with anger that may not be the right place to start but it could start in a community space
0: it can. And here's the other thing I want to this is kind of a side note, but it's it's on the same thing, same page. I feel like colleges now have become more concerned with being a business rather than allowing the students to do things like protest because they feel like they won't get funding if they allow their students to go and protest against certain political issues. So that stifles the people who are actually one, the future of this country and two, who have the power to change make the change. Right. So we're in a we're in a whole tricky situation.
1: We really are. We mm-hmm. really are. And yeah, you know, <laughs> so you mess with their pockets, you know they're good. They're not going to tolerate because it's endowment and foundation money funds a lot of the research at universities and they depend on that. So yeah, but we still have to put humanity at, at the focus and at the forefront of everything that we're doing and really want to have these conversations of healing because I really think healing has to begin somewhere, somehow. And the sooner, the better. I just, uh, we can't wait for the war to end to have reconciliation. If we start our process now, maybe the war will end a little faster.
0: And that's the bottom line. Yeah. That is definitely the bottom line.
1: And we have to call in the, on, on the neighboring countries to, to contribute and to force dialogue and to say, listen, we cannot have this region break out in a war. We have to do everything we can to save it and to bring humanity together so Jews in Palestine can have, can coexist, feel it, a sense of safety and security within their own spaces.
0: there you have it well we'd like to know what you guys think about it too please make sure you comment down below um yeah this is a this is a very hot topic and it's so much bigger than just this war it's about human life and people in general um
1: and and i really hope that we've done it justice i hope so too from the perspective of Humanity, and we're not taking sides. We're not advocating for one thing. The only thing we advocate for is humanity to come together
0: and do right. Absolutely. The consciousness of humanity. Yes. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us for One Mic Night Talk. Once again, my name is Marcos Luis. You can find me at M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. How can they find you, Shane Tull?
1: Shane Tull is...
0: On Facebook
1: and T-U-L-L at tul dot C-P-C
0: at gmail.com. Can't miss me. I'm all over. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to contribute to the show and come on and talk with us, please let me know at One Mic Night Talk. You can find the show at One Mic Night, O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Please make sure you like these episodes and uh, let us know what you think. We appreciate it. Thank you for joining us.